Hello and welcome to the BetUS NFL show. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and we're glad you're here. We're ready to give you some of the best insights in the game, courtesy of our expert football handicappers, Las Vegas Chris and Scott Kellen, here at BetUS, where the game begins. Before we kick things off, make sure to sign up today at BetUS using the promo code NFL2021 to claim your 125% sign-up bonus, exclusive for sports betting, up to $2,500. To take advantage of the offer and get info on terms and conditions, check out the link below this video. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to the BetUS YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the exclusive content we'll be providing. And if you enjoy this video, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. And now we're gonna get to know our expert handicappers, Las Vegas Chris and Scott Kellen, and how they approach things as two of the sharpest minds in the space. So Chris, can you give us a little bit of background on your betting career, as well as where you are right now in your process heading into the NFL season? Well, when I was in college, I was a weekend warrior losing better and uh, probably for uh, a long time afterward. Uh, I ended up moving out here to Las Vegas a while back at the uh, early 2000s and uh, came to play poker and it's too boring. So I met some of the right people in the sports betting industry that taught me to think differently uh, and it actually made me think differently. And uh, I started being able to do it for a living, doing middling and scalping and uh, chasing lines and that sort of thing. And uh, over time, evolved into being able to handicap and coming up with my own systems. Uh, I've had uh, a lot of contest success uh, over the last decade, uh, which I'm happy about. And um, that puts me here. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you on board. And Scott, welcome. We're also glad to have you here. Was your journey similar in the sense of kind of learning how to lose it first? And then I know you have grown into the place of being a really good contest player as well. So I'm curious as to how similar your journey might be to Chris's, as well as where you are right now getting ready to approach the NFL season. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, very similar. I remember, geez, I don't know what year it was, 1981, 1982. I remember the specific chair sitting in my parents' house and my brother walking by and telling me about a parlay card. And, you know, and he said, hey, the beauty of this thing is you can bet five or $10 and win six times, you know, whatever times your money. And I thought, wow, that is great. Like I don't have to bet a whole lot of money and I can win multiples of that money. That is fantastic. And that got me into it, right? And yeah, you know, you're, you're losing for a while, but um, you know, you kind of learn that pretty quickly. But then I just started following people who were having success uh, and taking little bits and pieces from their game, if you will, in terms of what they were doing right. And you know, over the course of many and many years, uh, you start to take enough of those pieces, and then you know, all of a sudden you're starting to, to win a little bit. And you know, I always say for the longest time I was one of the better handicappers. But then I kind of started to learn that you know what, math in this game might even be more important than handicapping. And then I'm like, okay, I need to learn that. Um, I might need to know that much better than the handicap. I mean, there's there's people who win at this game who couldn't even tell you a player on a team because it's all math, right? And there's arguments for and against that. But uh, but yeah, so over all the years, uh, have entered you know a number of contests, had some success there as well. Um, and then just being around sharp minds that can really help me where I'm not good and and learning and. You know, over the course of uh, many, many, many years, it gets you to 
a spot where you at least have a chance, right? And then, of course, you know, this thing's moving quickly. So, you know, you have to kind of reinvent yourself uh, every year almost as well. Um, and, um, and that's where we are. And here we are as well. Yeah, and I think your point of having to constantly reinvent yourself ties into a lot of our mission here. We're going to have some fun and break down plenty of picks, but we're looking to give value beyond that and helping people expand their knowledge and sharpen a thought process that they can keep for the rest of their betting lives. So, Chris, how would you say that you approach that objective and how that ties in with your NFL season betting strategy? Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Matt. Uh, when the when the weekly videos come out, it's not about the picks. The picks are not where you're going to get value. They, I mean, you'll get some value, but it's what you take away from the little bits and pieces we're going to share uh, throughout the course of the year. Uh, you keep that forever and you'll apply it forever. Uh, as far as going into the season, I don't do a lot of futures because what's the point? You know, do you want to be holding a Saints over ticket right now? Uh, do you want to be holding a uh, Indianapolis over ticket right now? Uh, there's a lot of stuff we don't know what's going to go, you know, happen. The NFL is hard enough to beat on one day's notice. You're going to beat it uh, with five months notice. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's there's some spots to pick and choose and, and make money in the futures market, but I don't want to be going into the season with predispositions with teams. If I bet Buffalo over uh, and week six comes and uh, – I'm hemming and hawing. I know it's going to pop in the back of my head. Well, I don't want to bet against my Buffalo over. You know, imagine if you've got seven, eight, ten futures. It can really interrupt a lot of, uh, uh, you know, mental processing subconsciously that you don't even realize. Uh, and uh, as far as this year, this is an entirely new season. This is completely different. Uh, the scoring last year was way up. Uh, it was up, uh, I think, three... Like four, like four points a game. Uh, penalties were way down. Uh, it, you have two seasons worth of draft picks going into their first preseason. You have an entire division of head coaches that haven't had a preseason. Uh, so you have twice as many coaches. So you're going to see a lot of differences that we can't even factor in at this point. I'm in the I'm in the mood to hurry up and do nothing. I, I, I'm looking not to bet anything preseason because I want to see what's different coming up. Because the two from season to season, uh, everything's different. Everything's different from season to season. Yeah, and Scott, I'd love to get your thoughts on the same notion because, as Chris touched on, there can be plenty of variance over the course of a six-month season. And in the preseason, it's a new ball game, just three weeks. Also, the regular season, having 17 games, there's an 18th week tacked on. So where are you right now as it pertains to futures betting and anything you're even considering over the next few weeks as the preseason gets rolling? Yeah, I'm not much of a futures player either. Uh, I'm just trying to get read on teams for the first couple of weeks of the season. Cause you know, for me, like my power ratings and numbers, really, I don't carry them over from the previous season so much um, where, you know, it, it's gonna take me four or five weeks to get what I would consider some valuable numbers. So I'm just trying to find where, I think there's kind of hidden gems, if you will, within teams where they might have some advantages early on in the year. And to Chris's point, I might have opinions on seven games, but I may only bet three of them in the first week. Just, I don't want to be 0-7, right? And if I go 7-0 and on those, but I only bet three of them, that's fine. It just means, okay, you might be right on some of these opinions, which therefore can help you in weeks two and three. So 
I'm, I don't bet a lot of preseason. I don't bet a lot of futures, maybe a few over under season wins. Um, but more so for me, I'm trying to get reads on teams for the early part of the year um, that I can just take advantage of that in the first couple of weeks. And then the season starts playing out and, um, you know, hopefully sets the tone uh, for the middle part and, and latter parts of the season. Yeah, that approach seems to align well with something you mentioned, Chris, hurry up and wait. And that can be tough to put into practice at a time like this where we're, you know, on the brink of preseason week one kicking off with the first full slate since, you know, 2020, maybe January 2021 was the final week of the regular season. And then we've got another regular season just around the corner. So it can be really enticing as a better to go ahead and just, you know, bet, maybe bet a little bit too much. So how do you make sure that you're not overextending yourself, even though there's a lot of human emotion and natural excitement at this time of year? Well, you, you have to be, uh, you have to have some discipline and some patience. Uh, the, the very best bets that you're going to make are the ones that you don't make sometimes. Uh, there's nothing worse than just, you know, oh, I just want to play this. I want to play that. And, you know, I'm just going to dabble here, dabble there. I'm telling you, those those little dabbles can add up. And there's nothing worse than starting the season off in a hole. Uh, a sportsbook operator told me once that 35 to 40 percent of his clients that made a deposit at the beginning of September are, are, are dead empty. Their accounts are empty by the study of first, second week of October. I mean, think about that. Why, why do you want to be that way? It's it's a long grind. There are plenty of games, plenty of opportunity throughout the course of the season. Uh, Mid-season, I'm betting more than double, I'm betting double digits of ga uh, games each week. You know, I want to bet. I, I want to throw toilet rolls in, uh, but I want to have the best of it. I want to pick my spots. I'm not going to bet it because there's a TV game or my buddies want to, you know, watch the game together or I'm going to the bar. It's just silly. You work too hard for the money and, and nobody needs the frustration. So uh, I, I'm, you I really endorse being patient. Yeah, and I would really endorse the point you made about picking your spots. For my money, that's the best advantage we have as bettors. The books have to post lines for every game, but we get to pick and choose where we put down our money. And Scott, I think that ties in with the notion of time management, money management. How do you make sure that you're staying disciplined so that you're not one of those betters like Chris talked about? Who it's you know it's easy to get really overextended and be in a tough spot by October. What's your approach to making sure that you're in a good position for the long haul? I like to just have a set of rules, and I think anybody that's betting should make that list of ten rules, whatever the number is, right, and look at that every single week because whether you're going really well or really bad. Uh, and, and again, even if you're doing really well, it's easy to forget uh, those fundamentals that kind of keep you grounded. And so I like to have a systematic approach where I'm every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm kind of doing the same things. I think it helps from my mind standpoint to get a clear picture of kind of what I'm looking at for the card coming up. Um, and then, you know, I just have rules on what I'm betting. And I know we'll get into, you know, uh, percentage of plays and all that kind of stuff later. Um, but I kind of set those ground rules early on and just make sure I stay true to them because I've done this long enough that even if you get away from those rules and you have success this week, it's probably going to lead to bad things down the road because that undisciplined nature is ultimately going to catch up with you. So it's just setting that list of rules and trying to stay true to that, looking at those rules all the time. That keeps you uh, on, on the track, basically, if you will. 
to hopefully avoid making really, really bad decisions. Because as Chris said, if you play 100 games in an NFL season, you know, and you go 56%, that's 56 and 44, three bad decisions right there, you're now down to 53%. It can add up very, very quickly in an NFL season that doesn't maybe have the same sample size as maybe a college basketball season uh, or something like that or a baseball season would have. You can't afford to make the mistakes in any sport, uh, much less for sure NFL in my mind. Yeah, I think one of the key threads of this conversation is being disciplined. And that might not sound like the most exciting thing to a lot of the audience, but I think it can be one of the most rewarding because as you touched on, Scott, there are so many highs and lows throughout all this. And Chris, I'd like to toss it to you to speak to how you approach things from a mental health standpoint, knowing that sometimes you'll have great weeks and sometimes you'll have lousy weeks. And and yeah, when the when the big swings come in a negative way, that can be really rough. But to Scott's point of just staying on the track, you know, staying in the game, so to speak, how do you make sure that over the course of a season you're staying in the right headspace? I I think it all boils down to habits for me, consistency. I, I believe winning and losing is contagious. So if you're doing things right, uh, if you're winning, I, I, I think you stick with what you're doing. But it's very important for me. It, it might sound stupid, but sometimes your mental health and what your thinking process is, is actually more important than actually having the winners. Because even if you had the winners, if you don't have the right thought process, you're going to end up screwing up the way you bet it, or you're going to you're going to just do something wrong sometimes. It, it and that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but to me, habits. Uh, you know, have a clear head. Don't be making decisions uh, when you're pissed off at the old lady. Uh, don't be you know worried about peer pressure. Uh, don't be boozing it up right before you're putting in your picks. I don't wait till you know 30 minutes before kickoff uh, to, to make your decision. You know, take your time, think about it, have a clear head and relax. There's you know, don't bet those stupid TV games just because they're on. Uh, keep your mood elevated and, and keep your habits healthy and consistent. Uh, and uh, I think you'll, you'll you'll feel better and you'll have better results. I know I do. Yeah, and I think when you have healthy habits, you can also, circling back to an earlier point, really expand your knowledge base at a better rate than the rest of the market. And that's an edge in and of itself. So Scott, on the notion of that expanded knowledge base, I know there are factors we'll touch on throughout the course of the season, be it injuries, coaches, weather. How do you isolate what matters and, and really what impact to assign to a lot of factors that get a lot of play across the betting content landscape, but aren't always measured properly? Yeah, we'll take a look at this, um, you know, as as they kind of develop throughout the season. But I think like with injuries, you know, what kind of injuries matter? Um, you know, cluster injuries at one position, uh, certain positions, you know, that aren't quite as exposed in the market, um, you know, can matter. So we'll, we'll hit on those things. Whether, you know, what is it that impacts a game? Is it rain? Is it wind? Um, you know, is it snow? Uh, what really truly, what kind of weather truly impacts the game? We'll hit on those things. I think those are all important things and kind of a point Chris hit on early. You know, when I was following people and still do follow people over the years, my rule was always, um, and that's really the, I think the goal of this show. Yes, we all want to give great picks and, and have success that way, but it's taking something away regardless of the picks. Because when I followed someone, I always operated under, if they die tomorrow, have I got anything from them? If they're just giving me picks, 
then I'm lost after they're dead uh, or have gone out of business or whatever. And I had nothing to gain from that. So I wanted to follow people who would help teach me certain pieces and hopefully we'll do that. And, you know, like you said, Matt, the injuries, the weather, coaches, uh, you know, good coaches, bad coaches, uh, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully we hit on that as the season goes on, that you can take something away from that that you can use for the next 5, 10, 20 years of your life. Yeah, what you just said there strikes a personal chord with me because I was honored to get to know the legendary sports better, David Malinsky, and, and even work with him for a bit before his untimely passing in the spring of 2018. And yeah, we're now, what, three and a half years after that. And I feel like I'm leaning on the insight I got from him as much you know, every day now as I was while he was still around. So he set the bar awfully high, but I think that approach, you know, having that as a guiding light can really go a long way. And even when you're doing everything right in this endeavor, Chris, I wanna get it back to you to also speak to the fact that there are a lot of streaks involved. Maybe this relates to what you were talking about with mental health, but even when you have the right approach, you're still not immune to the big swings that can be part of all this. So uh, what's your approach to just writing things out on that end? Well, yeah, streaks are something that you have to understand are gonna happen. It happens to everybody. And, uh, you know, short-term streaks are absolutely meaningless. Absolutely meaningless. Every, you know, a college professor had a homework assignment uh, for their students. And the assignment was to flip coins. I, I forget, it, you, know, five, you know, 500 flips or something like that. And they would know if the student was lying or not if the if it was too random. If they wasn't huge streaks, the teacher knew that it was horse manure. So you have to remember, you have to prepare for it. You can't get too high and you can't get too low. Uh, you, you have to maintain an even keel. Uh, and, and, and that's what you have to remember. Don't, don't, you know, don't be swayed by, uh, don't be unprepared for them one way or another. Yeah, and I think one way to be as prepared as you can be is to keep some of the, the key points in mind. We can close out with this. Scott, when it comes to things like the betting values of, you know, getting closing line value, how to approach teasers and parlays, a lot of what we talked about earlier, betters can get really excited and overextended at this point. But to withstand the streaks, good and bad, that will come up. Um, how do you look at things like CLV, teasers, parlays, and so on? Oh, I think they're huge. You know, Matt, when, like, as I said earlier, you know, I was a very good handicapper for a long time, but then you have to start to realize that math comes into this uh, an extremely uh, frequent amount of time here. Every bet basically has math involved in it, right? Um, you know, I used to hang out with someone, they would bet a game that's extra juice and they'd say, well, it only hurts me if I lose, right? Well, you know, like, I don't even know where to go with that statement, right? Like, so hopefully what we'll teach you is, First of all, closing line value, I think, has a pretty good um, prediction of success to come. Uh, and, you know, and we'll, we'll get into that as the season goes along. Uh, and again, parlays and teasers, you know, you can play a teaser at every single sports book, uh, but some are going to be better than others. Right. And where where's their value in playing those? And, you know, you want to be aware of those numbers so that you're always, I always say it's like, if you buy and sell real estate and you go buy a $500,000 house, but you're paying $550,000 for it over the long haul, that is going to eat away at your profits. So understanding where the value is in those different types of plays uh, is really, really important to make sure you're not overpaying for that $500,000 house, because that's, that's how you're going to make money in the long run. 
And that's really where the math component comes into this. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to teach you that as these uh, situations come up throughout. And parlays and teasers are going to come up every week of the year, uh, as well as buying points and whatnot. So hopefully we're going to hit on all that um, to really add value and just make you a smarter, better. If you can just become a smarter, better, like you don't have to be a good handicapper, just become a smarter, better. And you're going to make extra money every single year just because you're making the right moves, just that in and of itself. Yeah, well said. Well, we can start to wrap it up shortly. I know we've given a lot of good food for thought that we'll circle back on over the course of the season. At this point, do you guys have any closing thoughts? To, to me, it's it's about information and uh, keeping an open mind. Uh, it, it's by far the most important is, is keeping, you know, healthy habits that are constructive and keeping an open mind. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I cannot tell you how important it is to, you know, not get as much information as you possibly can from all sources. Uh, there's something to be learned from everybody, from, you know, the the, the computer brain nerds that uh, have all these metrics and this, that, and the other, and even from the weekend warrior, you know, guys that, uh, you know, don't know anything about proper betting and stuff like that. Maybe their opinions give you some sort of insight. Uh, but I get my knowledge from everywhere and uh, I keep an open mind and I try to filter what's important and what's not. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I would say, I mean, look, the success of this show in my mind is going to be not so much the winners and losers. Again, hopefully we have more winners and losers, but how much can we help educate you on just being a better, better? And to Chris's point, open mind. I know people, I'm not even sure if they're winners, but there are still bits and pieces you can take from a lot of people to still learn things from. And I try to learn things from people who do things differently than me uh, because I'm trying to find different angles that they're approaching the game at that I'm not even looking at that hopefully just makes me better in the long uh, long run as well. And hopefully, hopefully we succeed at delivering that uh, to everyone that's watching these videos every single week as well. Absolutely. Well, I think we've laid a good foundation here. And speaking of everybody watching these videos, if you're checking this out on YouTube and you have any questions or thoughts, let us know in the comments and we'll be happy to circle back on them in future videos. And otherwise, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning into the BetUS NFL show. Don't forget to use that promo code NFL2021 when signing up for BetUS to claim your 125% sign-up bonus, exclusive for sports betting, good up to $2,500. And make sure you subscribe to the BetUS YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on the action. On that note, we'll see you soon right back here at BetUS, where the game begins.